0: welcome to the do life better podcast where we believe that you get to create who you are being and who you become and it's often the smallest changes and actions that make the biggest difference each week your host dave Jorner will bring you the best guests tips and messages to inspire and help you to do life even better thanks for joining us today now let's get started
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Do Life Better podcast and I hope you're creating a great day today and for our shout out today this one is a very special one in fact it's going out to an entire school that's right it's a whole school up in Townsville in Queensland going out to St. Anthony's Catholic College. Now, there is a very special teacher up there who has been asked not to be named, um, but he's been spreading the word uh, of the podcast up there and helping to get it out to a lot of students and families and teachers and everything. So thank you very much, St. Anthony's Catholic College, Townsville. This one is for you. Now, today's guest... Uh, when I first came in contact with him, uh, I was absolutely in awe of his many accomplishments, especially his five world records in endurance and venturing. In fact, for one of his challenges, he ran nearly 5,500 kilometers. That's right, 5,500 kilometers at 85 kilometers per day. That's nearly two full marathons, day in, day out. Not only does he conquer large distances, he's also had to deal with extreme conditions such as war zones, volcanic eruptions very angry farmers, which you'll hear about, and more. Richard Bowles is a big believer that anything is possible if you want it badly enough. As you'll hear in today's chat, he's all about striving to be the best version of yourself and chasing the feelings that you want to feel deep inside of you. If you've ever been faced with challenges or low motivation, Richard's if-then plan may just be what you need to succeed. So, I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Richard Bold. Hello, Richard, and thank you very much for joining us on today's episode of the Do Life Better podcast.
2: Dave, it's a pleasure to finally be here, finally.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Now, for all our listeners out there, uh, Richard, we do have to have a bit of a laugh because what, this has taken us about um, an hour and 20, I think, (laughs) just to get to this point. So, you know, with all those internet gremlins and things going on, so we finally made it work. And Richard, firstly, thank you for your patience. And in fact, it's quite funny because today we are talking about persistence and focus. And it has been a lesson in that just to get to this point. So Richard, thank you very much. Mm, Totally. Now I have to say that most mornings I like to do some exercise, might be a run or might be something at home. And this morning I, I did go for a run knowing that I was going to be interviewing you. And while I was out there, I actually got, couldn't help but think of you, and and obviously I'm nowhere near you, like you are the ultra, ultra, ultra marathon runner, and I was only out there going for quite a short run, but I was, I was quite sore because I think I've got an injury coming on, and, and I, I couldn't help but think, I'm struggling right now. This is only four kilometers, but you do 85 kilometers back-to-back, back day in, day out on these massive runs. How do you do that?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, how, so most people ask, why do you do that? Because it sounds like torture, and you'd be right. It is. It is torture. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Look, I Look, look. Quickly, I guess my uh, my claim to fame, if you want to call it that, is that uh, I have five world records running mountain trails that span entire nations. So, as you said before, eighty-five k's a day, covering trails that span anywhere from a thousand to five and a half thousand kilometers. Wow. So huge stuff. Um, but yeah, we'll get into all the the nitty gritty and uh, you know the ways that I I do r- run that far. But yeah, I mean it's. I guess it all starts with the, the want to do something like that. I'm, I'm a big believer that anything's possible as long as you, you want it enough, right? Um, most people who ask me that question, like, how do you do that? They're the people who are never going to go and attempt to run 5,500 kilometers. In fact, you probably won't even ever dream it up. Well, talking about dreaming it up, when did that happen? Like,
1: were you just going for a leisurely run one day and thought, this feels pretty good, I'll just keep going? Like, people do refer to you as Forrest Gump meets Bear Grylls. <laughs> so, like, was it like that one day? Was it like, hey, this feels really good, let's turn this into a challenge? Like, how do you go from a leisurely run to, I'm going to do five and a half thousand kilometers? How do you make that jump?
2: yeah well, you don't you make that step right you can't jump that but um <laughs> yes. you um you, you uh, literally it's, look for me it was I, I I'm a big believer in chasing your feelings inside uh, meaning that I have this desire to uh, be somebody, be the best version of myself, create mm. something, do something that someone else has never done before and if you ask me why that's important to me, I couldn't actually tell you. And I've sat down with a whole bunch of psychological experts across Australia and New Zealand. I've worked with Monash Uni on some different things. And I still don't know the reason exactly why I, I, I do that. But, okay. I, but I believe that everybody has some sort of burning desire. that, And I always sort of point to my stomach when I do that because that's where it is for me. It just sits right in there. It's just something you just know you should do for whatever reason. And for me, that just happens to be going and running these these trials. Now that could be anything, though, right? and, and and it might it might change. As long as I keep following that feeling, I know it always takes me in the right direction, and I end up doing something incredible. So, when did you first have that feeling? Uh, I've had that feeling since I can remember. If I really think about it, I've had that feeling since I was very young, and I remember being at school saying I was going to do something pretty big, and and people probably know me for some, something um and i wouldn't be living in england where i grew up and all all these things have c- come true for me because i've followed that gut feeling
1: well so did you like used to run trails when you're younger or no, never. did
2: someone take
1: you running or <laughs> no, never. okay so okay how do you make the connection then between gut feeling
2: and running trails how did that happen and yeah, look it's well, it's a funny it's just a funny thing like it's i literally kind of fell into it i mean it's um my my whole career was in sales management so i since i've been in australia for the last i guess 17 years um, I've worked on a sales career and then sort of five years ago I was like I'm going to do something else and I was running uh, recreationally at the time and uh, I just had this thought about you know, what, what would happen if I just didn't stop if I just kept going you know, and that kind of had that feeling that feeling sat inside my stomach like yeah maybe I should do something about, about that and it didn't happen for about two years and I became very un- unhappy in, in, in my work, yet that feeling was still there. And then once I went and followed that feeling, wow. everything changed for me. So, so what started to change and how quickly? Well, you know, I went off and, and started running the, these trails and I, and I started with the world's longest mark trail that happens to be here in Australia. Wow. So that's the
1: one you started with. You thought you would just start with the longest one straight up as the first one.
2: Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I did. I like I've, if I'm going to do this, I'll go and pick the longest. Now it's not the longest trail in in the world. There's longer trails, but this is the long considered the longest marked trail, meaning that there's markers. I think there's one at the start and one at the finish. So I'm not sure how that works, but um, it's called the Bicentennial National Trail of Australia. So it starts in Hillsville. Down here where I am in Victoria and finishes in Cooktown in far north Queensland. So it's the. You probably ran past my house at some stage. Range, yeah, and you didn't even come out and offer me a tea or anything. Yeah, sorry, man. Oh, no, I probably should have. Sorry about that next time. <laughs> so look, it runs the, the whole length of the Great Dividing Range. So it's, it's, a, it's a monstrous thing. And I was on that trail for about five months. And back then, I was running just a, what I consider a measly marathon a day <laughs> <laughs> um, along the Great Divide. Fully, uh, fully self-supported. Well, yeah. I have a support team, but uh, I'd meet them as and when the trail allowed that to happen. So that could be daily, that could be week- weekly. So I just carry a lot of belongings on my back and food and water and like all those kind of challenges.
1: Well, and you just said a measly marathon a day. Now <laughs> I'm trying to go for my first one this year, and that's a huge thing for me. How does it go on your body? How do you go backing up day in, day out?
2: Yeah, well, that comes down to a lot of uh, a lot of discipline, I guess. Um, you know, anything, anything's possible, but you need you need to prepare for stuff, and I think we lack preparation in everything that that we do. And a, a very simple example of that is that if you. Have a goal tomorrow to wake up and, and go and run again, Dave. Yeah. Um, tomorrow you might sabotage yourself because you'll be lying in bed thinking, "I oh, do, I don't, I." Oh, I ran yesterday. Oh, I can't be bothered. I'm a bit sore. You make up every excuse in, in the book, but that comes down just to having that discipline to get up and get on with it every single day. And that that consistency and that that discipline is what led me to go and run that distance. Now the thing is I can't I can't really train to run five and a half thousand kilometers. <laughs> no. But you know. But I can but I can definitely uh make a plan to say, well, okay, I'm gonna make mess I think at the time I built up to run 30k a day. Um so even when I started that particular project, I still still didn't know if I could run forty two point two kilometers each and every day.
1: Wow. So um, what was that like then starting a the massive project going I can do Thirty k's a day, but not knowing if you can do a marathon. What's it like making that full commitment?
2: Well, the start the start's funny because day day one on every project that I've done is totally amazing, right? You put so much preparation in, not just f- physically and mentally, but you know, getting sponsors, uh, getting funding, getting the media on on your side, charities, and there's a whole lot of sort of uh, administration that goes on behind that. So it's kind of it's kind of like you go, wow, I'm actually going to do this now. Uh, and it's 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 exciting, but then day two comes and that's when the reality sits comes in and sits in. <laughs> so you go, damn! I ran forty two k's or in this case now eighty five k's yesterday. Um, I'll go and I've got to do that again. And you know, on day, and even when you finish day two, come day three, you go, "Wow, I've run about 170 kilometers. I still have got 5,400 or whatever to go." <laughs> so it's, it's very, it's very daunting. So mm. you often don't look at the end result. You just focus on each and every day. But uh, basically, always starts off. It always starts off exciting, and then as reality sets in, I then re- really have to start taking care of reality, the day-to-day stuff. Um, otherwise, I'm never going to make. Might make it to the end of any trial
1: yeah right so then what is the hardest part about day to day like i after doing a little bit of research into you i know that you have this thing about getting up every morning i think you called it lacing up um mm. we just get up and lace up and you think if i can just get my feet on the ground and lace up get out the door then i'll be fine yeah so um when after you do all that, what is the hardest part? Like when you're doing eighty yeah. five k's day in day out, like is there generally um, a hardest part, or is That's it the a whole new, day, or...
2: all of it? Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, but if but if you think about your your day to day stuff, like the, most days are, are quite tough, right? Like if you think about the different things you have to get done or do throughout the average day. Not, not much of it is really exciting. As much as we chase that, we think that oh, a whole day should be really exciting and, and passionate. You know? And look, yes, it is. But look, what we had to do for the last hour and a half, just trying to get this podcast <laughs> up and running. That's right. And yeah. that's major- majority of most people's days. Is that it's just full of little challenges and things that will slow you down, stop you altogether. Sometimes make you want to turn around, give up, and just say, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this. Um, and that's m- most people's days. It, it just is. And uh, it, so I think, it, first of all, you have to get a, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to get a, you have to bring yourself back down to reality, because it's, it's one thing to dream about stuff. And I think we should all do that: have dreams, have goals, ambitions in life, and all that kind of stuff. But I think we get caught up in that dream, and that dream isn't real. That's why it's called a dream, right? I think we have to very quickly. Try and figure out, okay, well, that's that's fun. That's exciting. I'm pumped about, about that. But what's the reality? What is What stands in front of me right now and actually get into that dream? And unfortunately, it's a lot of setbacks, a lot of challenges, a, whole lot, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of pain. Um, and that's just the reality of it. So for me, I, I have to quickly think, okay, this is going to be tough. Every single day is going to be tough. And now I can do something about it because I'm aware that that's going to happen.
1: Right, so where does that mindset come from? That whole idea of just get up and make it happen. You know, it's going to be tough, but I've got what it takes to, to do it. I mean, you know, that's all about self-discipline and self-leadership. And you know, was there someone who inspired you, someone who taught you that, someone who instilled that in you? Like, where, where'd where it come from?
2: No, you know, I've, I've never really figured out where exactly it's, it's come from. And and to be honest, I really don't really care where it came from because it works. So <laughs> it's like, it's as long as it works. um, it, Yeah, it's, I think, look, it's, I just think, um, yeah, it's, I just I'm a big believer that it's not always getting up and making it happen. It's just, it's just realizing, I guess, that like if we go back to your example about getting up tomorrow, you probably you can you can tell you you know what you're going to struggle with tomorrow morning if you have to get out and run again. You know that. So if you so if you know that it isn't the smart thing to do something about it, <laughs> rather than just being sabotaged by yourself again tomorrow, because that's what happens to every single one of us every single day. So for me to get through an average day of 85K is I have to go, okay, what lies in front of me today? Because then I can start making a plan to overcome those things as and when they will definitely happen. And um, there's a lot of um, research done on this thing called mental contrasting, and I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that. Okay. But basically it's, it's having – so people have the right, the right intentions. People know about goal, goal, goal intentions, focusing on the end result, it's all going to be good, positive thinking. The latest research proves that that actually positive thinking doesn't really work, believe, believe it or not. Mm, that's right. So we, we have, what we have to do is we have to go, okay, well, I'm still going to have that, that goal and that dream or that thing I need to do tomorrow or later on this, this afternoon. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to contrast between that, the dream or the, the goal and the, the outcome and the tough bit that's in the stuff that's going to stop me from doing that. So when, you, so when you realize, for example, that tomorrow morning you can't, you're going to struggle to get out of bed, that's the same feeling I have every single morning on the trail. I go, damn, I've ran thousands of kilometers, I'm sore, I'm beat up, I'm starving, I'm really th- thirsty, and yet I've still got thousands of kilometers to go. So what you said before, for me, my little stra- strategy to make myself get up in the morning is putting my shoes on. Because okay. that for me is the hardest thing to do, knowing I've got to run out 85 k's is just putting my shoes on wow so i so because i i realized that that's going to happen like i go well this is what i want to try, try and achieve which is get out of bed and go out and run I, I then go and what's what's going to stop me from doing that that's the mental contrasting part oh yeah i'm going to feel like i feel tired and i can't be bothered and all those things so what am i going to do what what will help me overcome that so, And for me that is when i just put my shoes on i can just lace up um, and I can do that while I'm still lying in the tent. <laughs> I can do that while I'm lying on the floor. I don't have to. And so when so when those feelings come up for me of like, oh my god, dread and, and uh, tiredness, I it just autopilot. I just put my shoes on, just because I thought about it. Yeah,
1: right. So you prepare yourself in advance. Yeah. So as you're saying, you allow your um, thinking brain, right, to override your emotional brain. So for example, you might know that tomorrow morning you're not going to want to get out of bed and go for a run. So when that happens, I can tell myself this or I can think this to myself so that yeah. it will That's help it. me get up and go for a run. So is that what you do?
2: Yeah. Well, I'll t- tell you how simple it is. It's just what we call an if-then plan.
1: Yeah, nice. So, that,
2: so if this happens, which is like a trigger, which is if this happens, which is I feel scared or I feel tired or I feel like I can't, can't be bothered, then, then which is then the a- action, I'll, I'll do this. And then what happens is by almost like default, it kind of happens. Now look, it's not bulletproof, it doesn't happen every single time. There's still other things you have to, you know, you can yeah. see the discipline and commitment and all those other things. But it just makes sense to put a little plan in place to overcome the things that you know are gonna happen. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like we we know, we know what we're scared of, we know what slows us down, sets us back, we know what we try and avoid. So if we know that, it's as simple as putting an if then plan in place to overcome those things.
1: Excellent. Yeah, I love that because one of the things we talk about is that you're not a reaction to the world around you. Mm-hmm. you know? You're not a reaction to the events that occur. You get to choose what comes next. And in a sense, you're saying that you're not even a reaction to what happens inside of you. You get to choose what comes next there too. And by thinking about that beforehand, like creating a plan, um, when you do that enough, it starts to become more of a habit and it becomes easier. And as you said, it's not bulletproof. It's not perfect all the time, but hopefully by doing it time in, time out,
2: well, I tell you what happens when you do it time and time again. It, you 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 see. Sometimes I have to look behind and go, "Did I just do that? Did I just go and do that thing that normally I'd be terrified of?" And didn't even realise that I would moved my my way through it because it just that little plan would be in place for that. Nice. And a perfect example of that is that. On these trails, a whole bunch of crazy stuff can happen. From volcanoes erupting, I've been showered in rock and ash. Yeah, yeah, I've had a yeah. shot and stuffed my mouth by an angry farmer. Missiles yeah. flying overhead in the the mid- Middle East. Across the Dane Tree on foot, which is full of crocodiles. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not saying that to to impress you because it's you know it is it is crazy. But mm. when I get to those those times that generally most people will be fearing for for their life, I'm able to move through with them. Navigate the, the challenge more easily because I've, I've put all these other little little um, if-then plans in place for when I am scared and when I am a little bit intimidated or when all these things these th- these things happen. So when something big happens, you can absorb it a bit better. You can you have more clarity around it because you you all these little plans come into place and, and sort of ca- carry you through that that big challenge.
1: Yeah, nice one. And uh, I imagine being out in the trail for eighty-five k's at a time. You must have a lot of time to plan, and you also must, like. I'd imagine you have to be okay with your own space and your own presence and the silence and so on. And you know, has that helped with, I suppose, your clarity um, and with discovering more about who you want to be and who you want to become and, and the impact uh, on no. the world?
2: <laughs> oh, really? <Okay. laughs> well, the thing is, okay. often people, I think people make that mistake. They think, well, you have all this time to think, so what 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 are you going to change about the world? What's what's amazing about you? And the thing is, I'm constantly thinking about the activity at hand, so I'm kind of in the mo- in the moment. Okay. Because if I'm not, and this has happened to me numerous times, as soon as I lose that concentration of what's happened right right now in that moment, mm. and I think about where I'd rather be, like you know, on a beach or kicking back with a cocktail or a coffee somewhere or hanging out with friends, or you know, I'm I'm I, I start getting caught up in all sorts of diff- different things. That's when bad things happen. That's when you take a wrong a wrong wrong turn. Now, if you're running 5,500 kilometers, you don't want to make a wrong turn. <laughs> no,
1: they're going to have another 1,000 kilometers. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. You don't want to stand on a snake. You know, all these things, these things happen. And, you know, I, in, in New Zealand, I tumbled 18 meters down uh, a stormy mountainside. I need to be saved by two rocks oh, wow. that saw me hanging off the edge of a cliff. And the reason that happened is because I took my mind out of the moment of what was happening right here, right, right now. I was, I was thinking about all the, all the places I'd rather be than, than in that electrical storm on the top of a, a high mat, mat mountain pass, you know, there's sleet coming down as lightning strikes around. And I got caught up in like, oh, I wish I wasn't here and maybe I'm not prepared for this. I'm not sure if I'm this, this adventurous and all those things. And ultimately it led me to trip over and fall down this mountainside. Um, so I have to be constantly in that moment and that really starts with my head right down to my feet. So I'll check my mental state. Am I breathing okay? Am I too hot? Too cold? Is there any chafed? Do I need to eat? Do I need to drink? Oh, hang on a minute. This is a bit of a niggle in my in my, my glute. Maybe I'll adjust my my style and work all the way down to my feet and then start again. Yeah, nice. Um, and it's just been in that constant that constant just focus mode. Um, and not keep and not looking at the end result even, just right there in the moment. Exactly what I need to do right now. because That's all that's important. The stuff further down the trail doesn't matter now. (laughs) And the stuff that's past doesn't matter now. Just right here is the only thing that matters right right now.
1: Well, so that's like mindful running, like complete awareness of each step, each breath, how's my body going right now, constantly checking in with yourself.
2: Yeah, and this could be good, good and bad, you know, because as you know, anyone out there who goes out for a run, often you're thinking about, oh, my God, this hurts. This is terrible. So if I'm having a bad day, it's a bad day. It's a real bad day. Because I'm constantly thinking, oh my God, just wants to finish, this hurts, ouch, 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 ouch. Um, But by not trying to to avoid that means I can manage that. I can manage that pain, I can manage whatever's happening to me. But if I take myself out out of that, then I'm just, anything could happen. So
1: how do you manage that? So when you're experiencing that tremendous pain, wherever you might be in the day's run, how do you manage what's going on?
2: Well, yeah, it's, it's, it depends on the pain. I mean, my pain threshold these days is, is pretty high. So, but, yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it must be. Take, yeah, it takes a lot to try and uh, slow me down or stop me a little, a little bit. But it's, it's again, coming back to those if-then plans. You know, it's knowing, it's knowing, first of all, that when I go out for this run today, there's going to be times when I want to give up. There's going to be times when it hurts. I'm out of breath. I'm tired. I'm hot. I'm exhausted. There's times when I'm going to be starving. There's times when I'm going to be thirsty. And I can ask someone who's a nun runner what might happen if you went out for an 85K run. And they could probably come back with all those same answers. Yeah, you want to give up? Yeah, you want to just stop and not carry on? Yeah, you need to be out of breath and yuck, sweating and sticky. And... So again, because I know those things are going to happen, I just put my little if-then plans in place. And they just kick in as it comes. And, uh, and that just carries me through. So that. those,
1: if then plans are incredibly useful for whether you're at work or studying or anywhere. Like, for example, if you've got a whole bunch of emails to do and you don't want to, then you can have a plan for that, a plan of how you can get on with it. Or if your friends start to get negative, or if you don't feel like doing your studying and then you can have mm-hmm. plans as to when this happens, I can respond in this more positive way. So those, yeah. if then plans, they can be incredibly useful in many different areas.
2: Yeah, and you know like, what? What, what a lot of things just boil down to is pretty much just one thing, and that's fear. Okay, tell me more. So, so you know, for me, like if I if I think about all the things that happen throughout throughout an adventure, or even through my working day today, most most things come back to fear. So I have a so I I figure that if I just have an if then plan for fear, I've conquered most of my things. I'm not, going to, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to make an if-then plan for every tiny little thing that happens. I'm just going to make an if-then plan there for fear. Mm, nice. and, then, and then things like homework where you can't be bothered, it's not because you're scared of it maybe. Maybe it's just because it's uncomfortable. Yep, yep. So I then have, a, have a, an if-then plan for when I'm uncomfortable. And it literally just comes down to those two categories. I've got my uncomfortable discomfort category and I've got my fear category. And these days is a bit more complex than that because i'm I'm aware of what I'm doing and all that kind of stuff, but back in back and in, in some of these very first adventures, it was just like yeah i'll have an if then plan for fear, and i will have an if plan then then for um discomfort and then i've I've taken out nearly everything that could ever happen to me
1: well, very true, I suppose. The fear would come in handy with the angry farmer, uh, you know, the volcano going off around you. Because I mean, how could you possibly imagine those things happening in advance? But I suppose if you had the plans for fear, then absolutely, yeah. yeah.
2: Uncertainty. So if you think about fear, so so that was at the back end of of my trip. So I'd run about just over 4,000 kilometers of a a 5,500 kilometer trip. So if you imagine me doing these sort of like me doing all these little lift them plans for like bad amount of time, day in, day out, you know, around fear and and being uncomfortable and then playing around with, you know, what do I do when I'm a little bit uncertain or unsure of myself or, you know, lack confidence, that when something like that happens, when a guy puts a shot in your mouth and says, mate, I'm going to blow your brains out, somehow you're already prepared for it. Without ever thinking that, because that you, as you say, you could never, <laughs> you could never dream that up. Yeah. Well, it's not really a dream; it's a nightmare anyway. Yeah, but,
0: yeah.
2: um, but I remember being very calm and cool in that that situation. Now, that doesn't make me a super hit, hit hero, but it just it just what I what I learned from when I when I started to unpack all my little strategies and stuff, of how I've managed to conquer some of these these world world first and records, is that yeah, it was just a it was just a, a build up of of having these little plans in place to deal with fear and being uncomfortable and uncertainty that when something big comes up like that, you're prepared for something you didn't think you'd ever be prepared for. Okay. So I'm intrigued and I must admit it's hard for me not to
1: ask the question, but when the farmer was there with the gun,
2: yeah, what did you do? Yeah, How did you yeah that? and it's something I've tried to figure out every step by step. But, but I mean, basically what happened was, I was I'd was i been in the, the wilderness again for about a week without seeing the support team. I was low on food. I was low on water. I was pretty tired and i have been sleeping in over this rough in the bush for for a week. And, um, and I came across this beautiful little kind of lean-to shack in, in the wilderness. With some smoke billowing out of the top of it. I thought, great, some interaction. And I got to get to meet somebody. And, uh, and as I started approaching this this little lean to shack, um, this, this great big dog came out barking at me, running towards me. So I took off my backpack and it was chewing on my backpack. I was wrestling it off. Um, it was a big scar down its face, it was frothing at the mouth, it was really aggressive. Oh, wow. So I noticed in the corner of my eye there was a guy chopping up someone with some someone uh, with an axe. So I was like, well, hopefully he hears this dog and he comes and saves me. And he did hear the dog, but he, he dropped the axe and picked up his, his shotgun and headed off, come, come over towards me. Then he shouts, Fluffy, be quiet. So my first thought was like, who calls a dog like that Fluffy? <laughs> this guy. Yep,
1: yep, yep.
2: And then I realized he was pointing his gun at me. He just said, who are you? I said, oh, I'm Richard. Like, Who are you? Who are you? And he goes, What are you doing there? Who are you? And I said, Well, um, I'm running this trail, it's five and a half thousand kilometres in length. Now, when I realised what I said that, I thought, that's who's gonna believe that? That this guy's here running this far. Anyway, he got more and more aggressive and he just wanted to know who I was, demanding where I'd come from, what I was doing on his property. And I said, Look, I'm just following this GPS device through the through the bush on this trail. Um, I'm doing it for charity. I said, Do you want to donate? <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh and he ended up just shoving this good in my mouth and he just says, I'm going to blow your brains out. And yeah. I remember just being kind of cool and calm about it. Like I could deal with the fear of that and I could deal with the uncertainty of that. Um, and it and it gave me time to just like think and keep speaking to him. And you know, I kept saying, oh, okay, well, look, I'm doing this for charity. I'm, I'm just doing this for wrong. Look, I'm not I'm not here to, you know, upset anything. I'm just trying to, you know, find, find my way. And um, I think if I didn't... I wasn't be able to if I wasn't able to deal with the fear and uncertainty and the anxiety going on there then and the uncomfortable then perhaps I would have screamed and like and, or been aggressive back or ran away or done something a bit more a bit more crazy but I think because of, I was, had those things under control I could manage the situation better and I just kept asking him questions and throwing stuff at him and uh, eventually I, behind this little shack that he that he had out there I noticed there was a bit of a, an orchard. So I said, hey man, well, I had a gun in my mouth, so I said, hey man, I like your, orch- your orchard. <laughs> and he dropped his gun down and said, do you know what, mate? I've been growing those mandarins for a while now. <laughs> he said, would you like to try one? I said, absolutely, I'd love to love to try one. So uh, he went off and uh, grabbed these ma- ma- mandarins, came oh, back, man. told me how the sun had blessed them, they're sweeter than they ever have been over the years. and um meanwhile i'm giving all my little orange segments to fluffy because i thought you know it's like the poisonous apple story you know what i
0: mean Mm
2: -hmm. um and then he wrapped his arm around me says anyway me old me old mate i said oh mate like this is a turnaround and he told me what he told me where to go yeah you go past my place here and there's a little gate jump over that gate and through all those all that bush and you'll be on on your way that's where the 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 trail goes I'm like wow that's a massive t- turnaround! oh yeah so, no, just by oh, giving him a compliment on his yeah, mandarins yeah yeah so i, I jumped over this gate, and as i as i caught my leg over to jump over this gate, he yells out anyway it's not it's not me you need to be scared of it's my neighbor <laughs> <laughs> wow. so i i tiptoed for the next 25 kilometers to try and get myself out of there mm, mm. but uh yeah, but that's what it is. I mean, it's, uh, I think if you can if you can deal with those things that happen to us all the time, all the you, you have a lifetime of experience. No matter how old you are, you know the things that that you you don't do, you're fearful of, you have, have anxiety around when what happens when uncertainty comes, or you need to make a decision. You know what what happens. So you, if you know it's going to happen, it's just about putting a plan in place. And that's all I did. And all those those plans kicked into gear when I was faced with something that is not normal. That is it's such a big challenge, such a big thing to o- overcome. Um, and really it's just about me keeping my cool and being able to deal with that moment as it as it unfolded. So would that be some of your biggest
1: Advice then to give someone who's just trying to get through their everyday or someone who's really trying to reach their goals the uh, idea of come up with your if then plan and the idea of overcoming fear and how to deal with fear would that be your two biggest pieces of
2: advice? Yeah, I think so. I think it's it just it's just a little if-then plan in place, and only you know the answer to that. Like, no one can tell you what that plan is. You you know what gets you out of a, a, a muggle, or at least you should do. Uh, and if you don't, you need to play, play around with different things that helps you get out of that as and when it happens. But you just need to make sure you do it in advance and not as and when it arises otherwise you, fa- you find yourself on the internet trying to get motivated by the rock giving you words of advice on youtube um, you know <laughs> you, right. in, yeah you don't you don't need that you need to you need to fix it beforehand because you know it's going to happen you know that yeah. when homework time comes tomorrow it's going to be tough you know that you've got to exercise tomorrow it's going to be tough you know yeah. if you've got a difficult phone call to make or you've got to meet someone in your office and, and have a difficult conversation you know it's going to happen so what are you going to do about it when when it comes up so with that then, if you could put a percentage on mind
1: games versus the physical
2: side of it for running, yep. what percentage would be the mind game? 95. Wow, that big. And I don't mean that. I honestly mean that because obviously no one out there in podcast land can see, see me, but I'm actually a, a bigger guy. Like if you look at me, I, I, I shock people when I go out speaking on stages. They just go, you, you you run? I thought you were like a professional pie eater or something. <laughs> um because I'm, I'm, I'm just a chunkier guy. People expect to see like a Steve Monagetti or a, a wiry Kenyan guy. And I'm kind of this bigger, chunkier guy. And, and, and to be honest, I, I, I don't consider myself to be a runner. I don't consider myself to be an adventurer. Um, in fact, I was just coming off the stage recently and a lady came up to me afterwards and she said, Richard, you know what? You're right. You don't look like a runner and you don't look like an adventurer. Says you look more like a retired boy, boy, boy band member. I was like, oh really? <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing I said to her. Um, and you know, and to be completely honest, I'm not that passionate about running. Um, you know, it's 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 I'm passionate about the end result. But I'm not passionate about the running. And mm-hmm. so you know, and I, I think if people are honest with themselves, they're, they're not pa- not passionate about the actions that are needed to to get what you are passionate about. Um, so you need to you need to put things in place to help you tackle those and navigate your way through those those difficulties. That makes so much
1: sense. I love that. Yeah, you know, innately you think of course you have to be passionate about running because you're running 85Ks a day for you know weeks and 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 months straight. But here you say you're not passionate about the running, that you're passionate about the outcome. That makes so much sense. And that's so translatable into everyday life. Like the other day, I spent some time with the triathlon club and talking about training and and the type of thing as well. But a lot of them actually said that I don't like training I love racing. And, and a lot of people who are studying and, and, and that say that yeah. they don't like studying, but they love getting good marks. And and if I'm in love with the idea of getting this degree or this job yeah. or whatever, so I absolutely think that sometimes we stop short of the goal because we're not passionate about the in-between stage. You know, we're, we're not passionate about the daily grind. And, and maybe a lot of people think that you know you need to be passionate about that, but in fact, it's you're quite clearly saying, no, you don't. Yeah. You don't have to be passionate about running every single no, day
2: to get to run 5,500 no. kilometers. And, and there's two things on that. If I told you I was passionate about that, that means I'm passionate about suffering and going through pain. And that's, mm. I need to go and see somebody if I was passionate about that. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and and the other thing is if you actually go and look at the word passion, and I, I love looking at words and what the real mm. meaning of, of it is, if you go back far, far enough, passion actually means to suffer. Okay. So if you want to be – so people – when people say you need to be passionate, yeah, you do. You need to suffer. You need to go through all those difficulties and all that drama and then you'll get what you want. Nice one. You go through a lot of that stuff, I'd imagine, on (laughs) these runs. And uh, for me,
1: I think there's a misunderstanding between passion and being purposeful. Yeah. When we talk about I need to be passionate when it gets difficult, we give up because you know, we lose the emotional side of it, the fun, the drive, that kind of thing. But when we're purposeful, it keeps us going during stuff we don't like because maybe we're focused on that goal. So thanks for clearing that up. And thanks for bringing light to the idea that no, you're not passionate about your running. And I think that really relates to a lot of people on lots of different levels. Um, can I just ask, what's your next big goal? What are you shooting for next?
2: <laughs> what's wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody says that. Actually, do you know what the, when I when I um, when I get asked that question is mm. generally by the media when I've just crossed crossed the finish line of an of adventure. Of okay. media are coming down and as soon as I step over, they say, "What's next? What's next?" Okay. Um, and you know, it's funny how it, people ask that question. I've got a whole bunch of stuff in the pipeline at the moment. Um, the, the I'm going to say the biggest problem, but it's really my own problem is is always funding and getting things sponsored. Because um, it takes me away from my core work, and then I have to go off, and, and I need to be in some ways paid for that. There's still bills to be paid. Um, I wish it was as easy as just going out and doing an adventure, and it was great fun. Um, and I think it, 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 it's a problem because I'm, I'm, I'm the problem because I, I, I don't, I'm not that, um, I'm not that excited by it. It's, it's not, it's not a greater purpose for me, and so it's so at the moment I'm finding it difficult to throw myself into something. Um, and that feeling doesn't take take me in that direction. That feeling we spoke about at the start doesn't really pull me in that direction. It pulls me into my work direction and researching and getting out there and speaking to people. So um, I'm really concentrating on that because that that feeling inside has never let me down, and nor will it. So if it doesn't if it doesn't feel right, then I it's, it, you know I just don't I just struggle with it. So it doesn't feel right at the moment um, to go out, to go out there and get it funded.
1: Right, so your purpose is going more towards the speaking side and the research side, yeah?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm really delving down into development programs at the moment. We put a whole bunch of different development programs together. So uh, at the the moment, actually, we're actually doing a little bit around um, customer service, which most people go, well, that's got nothing to do with running trails. (laughs) Um, But the psychology side does. So it's, you know, so that's what we're really delving into at the moment and working with some organizations on that and how we – We can give better service and in in, in turn make some more money, I guess. Yeah, nice one. Good on
1: you. So I just have a couple more final questions, if that's okay. And (laughs) I'd be really interested to know your answer for this one. Um, I have what I call a rocking chair test. And this is all about when I'm old and gray and wrinkly and sitting on my porch. I don't have a porch yet. I don't have a rocking chair yet. But when I'm there one day looking over some scenery, sitting there next to my wife, um, my test is all about – what will be the things that I'd be looking back over in my life that would make me proud? What would be the achievements, the accomplishments? What would be the positive influence that I would have created that would make me proud when I'm old and grey and sitting on my rocking chair on my porch? So for you, what would be that one thing for you? What would be that one thing that would make you proud?
2: Do you know what? I think it's in that moment where you, you actually have a real good look back of all the things you did do. So I don't think I could actually give the answer in advance, if that makes sense. Because um, some, so sometimes I have, I mean, I've done some huge achievements, but yet sometimes I don't think that I have. It's not until sometimes I actually sit down and have a good look back through, wow, okay, yeah. So I ended up doing this this mat, mat massive run. Before that, I had to obviously do my first mat marathon or half marathon. You go right back to when I didn't run. Um, so I, look, I, I certainly don't feel that, If I was to look back as an 85, 90-year-old man right now, that I'd be that impressed. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, I I think, uh, but I'd like to think if I keep going the way I'm going by the time I'm that age and look back from the rocking chair, I could say, yeah, okay, I did that, 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 and that, and that. And I don't really want to dwell on that right now. I don't want to think about when I'm 85. 85 to me doesn't matter right now. Today matters. Okay um see i've been asked that question before actually dave in a, in a different context about what mm-hmm. if you're at your 80th birthday party what would you like people to, to, to say about you and well, my answer was that was like, i don't care what they say they, they say about me it's what i say about me i don't care what the people think when i made it so what would you like to say about you um i just wanted to have that feeling like that just feeling that yeah i did some pretty cool stuff and i'm, and I'm content with that and i'm happy with that um I really don't, I just don't really care what my family think of me. The thing is, they're going to, it's about me wanting them to think a certain thing, but they're never going to think like that, right? (laughs)
0: They're
2: they're just their own people. Um, And I think currently my, at least my sister thinks I'm uh, definitely the black sheep of the family. (laughs) Every family has to have one, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She just says she says I don't get it, Richard. Like no one in the history of our family has ever done anything even close to what you've been been doing over the last last few few years. Like yeah, she just I just I just don't get it. But she does say it confirms everything she used to tease me about when we were growing up, that I I was adopted from the zoo. <laughs> That's what she says to me. <laughs> nice one but see that's
1: the thing not everyone gets people with big dreams not everyone gets people who are highly ambitious and believe in themselves and chase after that and and not everyone gets that and that's okay because we don't all think that
2: way so um, i don't i sometimes i sometimes don't get people either though i don't think it has to be i don't think it has to be a big dream or or a big goal like so i've got friends of mine that i i could they might think it's a small goal in comparison to some of my goals but yet to me their goals are pretty big like wow you're gonna do that is that something you want to achieve? Wow, that 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 blows me away. So I think, I think everybody everybody just different in what they want to achieve and what they're striving for, and you know, and you can look at those and just go, wow, that's that's incredible that, you, that, that you're trying to do that. Nice one, thank you. So, what are the things that you're most grateful for right now? Being alive. It's like being alive. I like life. It's tough as it is, and sometimes I feel like I'm beating my head against a brick wall. I kind of like that. Nice, because <laughs> because it, it makes you feel alive, right? And and again, you know, Brits bring it back down, back to the, the start where we spoke about, you know, the the reality of whatever you're trying to achieve. The rea- reality is that the best part of it is tough going. Uh, uh. And some people might think that's a, ne- a ne- negative thing. I think it's a positive thing if you can get your he- head around it yeah. and realize that it's never going to be easy. And if you keep searching for the easy route, that's never going to ha- happen. Which in turn makes you. Unhappy. So you might as well just embrace all the, the difficulties and all the challenges that will happen. Just embrace them because they're going to be there regardless.
1: Nice one, nice one. Now for the two last questions for the podcast, and these two we do on all the interviews. And so being the Do Life Better podcast, I'm really interested to
2: hear what does Do Life Better mean to you? Mm, your terms, I think. To do life, the best way is to do it on your terms and not other people's terms. Okay. Um, However that looks like for you. Um, I think if you're going to do life better, it has to be based on just bettering yourself and doing what makes makes you happy Um, and not worrying about what other people think, say, do. Um, And that's it. Yeah, pretty straightforward, really. Awesome, thanks. And before our very last
1: question, Richard, if someone wanted to get in contact with you, if our listeners want to reach out, where would be the best place for them to find you?
2: Uh, well, this next month, um, I'm working with Manpower in Vegas, so feel free to come and sit. See- no, I'm joking. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, sure. sure. This is that this is, this is, this is next feeling, Dave. <laughs> yeah yeah good luck with that yep, yep. i'm uh, i'm filling in J- jamie jury's role there and uh taking vegas by storm <laughs> right. um look you could <laughs> look i'm pretty easy to find if you just put richard bowles my name into into google all sorts of things come up so my surname is b-o-w-l-e-s richard bowles and uh, you can find me at richardbowles.com.au Excellent, thank you. And for our final question, as you know,
1: we finish the podcast with a challenge for our listeners and we encourage them to put a reminder in their phones Mm -hmm. that goes off every morning to remind them to focus on this one thing each day for a week. So if you could give our listeners a challenge for a week, what
2: would that be? Well, so this is when you wake up in in the morning, you need something in your phone that reminds you to do something. Is, Is that what you're saying? Exactly, yep. Yeah, um, that to look at all the challenges you're going to face. So if you're going to go to to uni today, and I know there's a class you'd rather avoid, just think that's what you need to think about. Yeah, I'm going to try and avoid a class today, or I'm going to try and get out of this, or I'm not sure if I want to get up in front of the class and say this, or back to you know people who have jobs, you know, around. Difficult conversations, pick up the phone speaking to that difficult client, or whatever it may, may be. Just actually in the morning thinking about those challenges, and science proves that if you think about those challenges, you're already better off in overcoming them, even if you don't put a plan in place for them, just by thinking about them. So just being aware of aware of those those things where you you kind of sabotage yourself, I guess. You know those things that you know you're going to try and avoid or or not do, or you know re- reaching for a donut or whatever it is. Um, if you just think about all those things that might happen to you on a particular day, then as as I said, research proves that you're already going to have a better chance of overcoming those things, even if you don't do anything about it, but just think about it. Wow.
1: Very cool. So in the morning, think about what could be the potential challenges for the day because that could help your brain prepare itself for what lies ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely awesome richard thank you very much for your time today i know that your messages have inspired me that's for sure particularly when i go out for my run again tomorrow morning and <laughs> but thank you've been so useful not just for sports but also for study and workplace and so many other different moments in our daily lives uh richard i'm really grateful for your time today so thank you very much
2: you're welcome good luck to everybody out there with the uh, the week ahead awesome richard thanks you have it everybody now i don't know about
1: you but i am quite motivated to get out there and go for a run right now but just before i do please remember richard's challenge for this week which is take a couple of moments each morning and think about what could be today's potential challenges as we know this will help get your brain ready for everything that might come up Now, before you go, thank you very much. I am incredibly grateful for you for tuning in each and every single week. And I know that a lot of you are sharing this out with your family, friends, colleagues and everybody else because the number of downloads each and every week is growing. So thank you very much. I'm incredibly grateful for all that you're doing. So please remember to subscribe, leave a rating and a review and I look forward to having you join us again next time.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Do Life Better podcast. You can find all our show notes at www.projecthatch.com.au forward slash do life better. If you'd like to book Dave Johner to speak at your event, company or school, you can contact him at hello at projecthatch.com.au. You can contact us on Facebook at Project Hatch and on Instagram at project underscore hatch. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone you think would benefit from these messages. And now it's time to get out there and do life better.